your schedule so that you can focus on your schoolwork. It's on the clock with Nick Lebrano and Gabe Baltera here on VIC Radio. You are on the clock here on VIC Radio. I'm your I'm your host Nick Lebrano alongside me my co-host Gabe Baltiera. How you doing Gabe? I'm doing good, Nick. And alongside us today our special guest he made back with popular demand Dylan Hendersmith. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me on. So, big week in sports. The Yankees finally eliminated from the postseason. They didn't deserve to be there in the first place, but now they are eliminated. So I'll throw it to you, Dylan, since you're the diehard Yankee fan here. What are your thoughts? It was a horrible season. That's <laughs> all I can say. Uh, could not hit the ball to save their lives. It was just horrible. I, I don't think Boone did a good job to manage his team. Um, pitching actually surprised me. It was very well. The starting pitching what performed above standards, I would think, for normal uh, Yankee season. I 100% agree with you in terms of that's the only, I, that is the only bright spot. And it's <laughs> like now like going into next year, like trying to f- figure out like what they're going to do because like, they're not having Cooper back. Is that going to be health, health, like, healthy for the full season? Um, Like what are they going to do with the infield? Are they going to bring back Rizzo, keep Voight? Are they going to find someone to play shortstop? What are going to do with center field? Is Hicks going to come back and play? Well, I can tell you the one thing that they should do. Get rid of Glaber Torres. No, I, I think the see, dude, the Yankees—they got to move on. He doesn't even want to be here. Like, like, if you watch the way he plays, like, I feel like when Glaber first came up, it was a hundred percent effort, a hundred percent hustle, and that's just not the case anymore. You can see it in all of his at bats. Uh, for him, it's just a big difference with how he plays when he's a shortstop and a second, well, baseman. second He's a ba- he's, so, he's not a shortstop. So we have three play- people who could play either second base or third. And Gio Rochella, DJ LeMahieu, and Glaber Torres. There yeah. we have no true shortstop, and we try. We were forced to play Gio there. And the problem with that is, just Gio is not athletic enough to play ball, shortstop, get the ball up the middle or in the hole. So now they have to trade someone. They have to get rid of Rochella. If they bring back Rizzo, they have to get rid of Voight. Yeah, Voight. They'd probably package Rochella and Voight together. Then they would probably get another starting pitcher or. Someone. And we need a center fielder. So. And especially with the market, how the shortstops are, if I was uh, Brian Cashman, I would try to either go out and get Corey Seager or Carlos Correa. And my reason is for that is with Corey Anthony Volpe. Uh, with Anthony I, don't Vol- Car- I don't want Carlos Correa. Well, with Anthony Volpe coming up in the system, like how well he performed this year and like being like one of the best hitters in all of minor league baseball, Without a doubt in my mind. That's why it may not be worth spending a lot of money on a shortstop. But if you... Okay, so DJ's out in, like, what, three, four years? So now you have that time yeah. to buffer between Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, and Anthony Volpe. So now we, you see what Anthony Volpe can do. If he can still continue at a high level playing shortstop, you have a backup plan, or you have Corey Seager still there playing shortstop. And as he gets older into his mid-30s, he can project more as a third baseman now. And in terms, even in just thinking about like the in center field, uh, the Yankees, the Yankee, I personally do not think the Yankees should look to put a lot of money into a center fielder right now, just because Jason Dominguez could be here in two years. Uh, it's just I don't know why I don't know why we'd put the money in there, but something's got to give in center field. You got to move Hicks. 
I, I can't see why the Yankees would keep Hicks after the season. He can't stay healthy, and he's getting paid too much money, in my opinion, to consistently not play. Well, he's he's only he what he signed like a seven year seventy million dollar deal a couple years ago. Yep, ten mil- so, that's too much money. So like he's getting paid ten million ten million dollars a year, which is not astronomical for a center fielder. And when he plays, he's a very good hitter, but he's just another prototype Yankee. Swing and misses a lot, gets on base a lot, and just like lives and dies by the long ball. So there's not much you can really like hope on. It's not that doesn't change with Yankee style. I want to say, but. Hopefully, they can get something done with another player because they need more athleticism on this team. It's a lot, it's, a it's lot more horrible to watch to see like how slow they are. Because if you think about it, who's their fastest guy who actually plays every day? Brett Gardner. Probably Brett Gardner, and uh, you don't want Brett Gardner playing every day. He's turning thirty nine next year. Yeah, like you're you're relying on a thirty nine year old man to be your fastest player, everyday player, who to steal bases and put pressure on this defense, where. Besides that, Tyler Wade, who's going to be on the bench, is just use a special prince runner or yeah. the defensive replacement late in the game. Like, what are you like? If you're Aaron Boone, your hands are tied because you have no athleticism on the bases. You can't go first or third on the ball a single to like the outfield. You can barely score home, as we saw with like what, like 22 outs at home plate this past year, second worst MLB. So like that's just outrageous as a mm-hmm. fan to watch. Like you can't score when you're on third base. Like what's the whole point of playing baseball? Like that's the whole point of you trying to score. And you you have in prime position to be on third base. You're like you're literally ninety feet away from scoring, and yet you still you can't still can't do find that. a way. And this goes into my next point that I don't like. I hundred percent think that we that the Yankees need to move on from Aaron Boone, but I do not think that like in terms of like roster wise and like player personnel, this is nothing. I don't really know if this is a hundred percent Boone's fault, and I think more fault does does align with Brian Cashman. Uh, Brian Cashman has failed now for years to put out a, like a roster that's that's different and that's going to compete at an MLB level, and that's why you're seeing teams overtake the Yankees in terms of talent on their rosters, superstar players being able to pay their play. Like the Yankees can pay their players, sure, but doesn't mean the players are going to play up to it. I don't know if it's a culture in the locker room, maybe, or it's the athletic training staff. But it's a hundred percent not falling a hundred percent on Boone, and I think I think Cashman's got to go just as much as Boone does. I, I think the Yankees need a clean house. I disagree with Cashman. I think he does a great job in the front office. He's fine talent, talent like Clay Holmes, amazing. Joelie Garcia, Rodriguez, sorry, he's amazing out of the bullpen. He finds all these hidden gems like Gio Rochella, who who would have thought he turned out to who he is. Luke Boyd, who thought he was going to turn out to who he was. Yeah, but like, still, like he can Brian self- Cashman's the one making player personnel decisions. Brian Cashman's the one who put this team out there, and we were talking about being unathletic and the team not fast. If the team doesn't really look like most games, it looks like they even want to be out there. And in my opinion, that 100% falls on Cashman because this is the roster that he's putting on the paper. I don't know how much actual roster control that Aaron Boone really has. I don't even know if Aaron Boone has much say with his team. I'm being quite honest. I'm, I'm gonna be totally but, honest. I think I think Brian Cashman's one making the lineups every day. I don't 100 percent know I, if I it's coming from Boone. I don't think he's doing his part of their analytical department. who's making the lineups, mm-hmm. and I find that outrageous. To he's just to like a figurehead. But with just like, like if if okay, if so one name who can catch my eye who can play center field who can make a big difference on the team, Starling Marte, free agent this year. He, like, that'd be like, a good acqui- that'd be a good acquisition. Like, for the, was like top two or top three and still on basis for the American League this year. Center fielder, go get the ball. Has very has a freakish freakish athleticism for the age he is. He can be he can be that buffer for uh, Jason Dominguez to come out get ready. 
And when he's ready, when Dominguez is ready to come play ball for the Yankees, Marte is probably contracts going to be up. Yeah. Like, it's, you can give Marte a two, three-year deal. Short-term contract. And just then, like a bridge. It's a bridge deal. So, like, now you have that three years. Now, all right, Dominguez, you have three years to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Take your time. If you come up early, say an injury happens, which we all know is going to happen sooner or later with the Yankees. Now... You have you have your replacement. He's gonna he just he did play very well for low A Tampa. Um, he's probably projected I would say to be high A to start of the year maybe end probably up double, probably end a. up double A probably end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just go from there see how it goes and then you have that buffer starting Marte who can hit the ball hit the like living daylights out of the baseball. Can he when he gets on first base, he you you get catchers on notice. Pitchers on notice, gonna start scaring him. So like, if you imagine like starting Marte on first base, Aaron Judge, then you have Stanton, like what's what's going on in that pitcher's head? Oh God, that, that is a that's scary. Especially, I, I, and that, uh, Aaron. Speaking of Aaron Judge, I think the Yankees 100 percent should give him his contract this offseason. You got, I think the Yankees got to pay. You got to pay Aaron Judge. But how much would you pay him? That's a question for and like for how long? Because he's not a young gun as we, we might think. No, Aaron Judge is older than uh, Aaron Judge is older than you think he is. Mm-hmm. He he just this is he played his twenty nine age year so he's gonna be a free agent at age thirty thirty one, so he's gonna this is gonna be his age. Well, that's why you sign. That's why you sign. That's why you give him his deal now. Yeah, so he 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 will be playing on his age thirty season this year, then he'd be a free agent age thirty one. You probably wouldn't give him more than a five six year contract. But would he? T- well, he can also. The issue is, that, yeah, I was gonna about to say like, will he take it? Because I think Aaron Judge is gonna want something along the lines more of like. Eight nine toward the three hundred million dollar range. I don't, I don't know. That. I don't know if I don't think he'd I, get that. I don't know if he'd get that on most major league teams unless they were like the Orioles, but just desperate. If if you also think about it, like he loves New York. Mm-hmm. New York he he wants been, to retire a Yankee. He said it. New York does such great things with his brand as it is as a top baseball player. Like you see all these commercials that Aaron Judge is on. His name's talked about left and right because he is on the New York Yankees. He's a nationally recognized player now. Yeah. And, like, everyone knew him for the gap in his teeth. Him and Michael Strahan, like, those are the two names you think of. The <laughs> when gap you get in your gaps teeth. in teeth. But now he fixed that, so, like, he, it's not as known anymore. But still, you still love to see it. But mm-hmm. um, Aaron, it's, it's with Aaron Judge, if he can stay healthy, he's an absolute monster. Top two, but top three best player in baseball, without a question in my mind. Top two? No. But <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're going to talk left fielders, maybe. Right fielders, you mean? I mean, but... right fielders, yeah, maybe. I think Aaron Judge, when you're, we're in the conversation, maybe top two defensive right fielders in baseball, but I wouldn't call him best complete player in baseball. No way. Uh, he, he strikes it. No, nah, he doesn't get on base enough for that. Like, I think he's really good. I'd say he may be a top 10, maybe top 15 player. But top two, I think you got to give that probably, uh, I'd say, bets. And, if, uh, you, if you looked at War since he came to the MOB, he's third okay. right now. So he's behind Trout and Betts. Well, Trout Trout doesn't but, stay healthy. That's one but, thing. But Trout is Trout. But when, is Trout. Trout, when Trout is healthy, he's the best player in baseball. Um, and Betts had a down year this year. He so, really like, didn't have a great year. And another player that's totally just like, totally just decided to stop playing baseball like correctly was Cody Bellinger <laughs> disappeared man he's two year, dude he won MVP I, two years ago what is he hitting like 186 right now he, he doesn't play full time if Max Muncy was healthy he wouldn't even be playing full time with the yeah. Dodgers so he, he literally got replaced by what Chris Taylor yeah and dude he's getting paid field. so much money 16 million dollars right now well that's it's, it's arbitration I believe he's on right now he hasn't signed a contract extension yeah he team. hasn't 
And so, they're because there's no way the Dodgers are going to give him a lot of money. And now the thing is, your your hands are tied to the Dodgers because you can't pay him less with that with arbitration. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to pay him more money yeah. on the season. Cody Bellinger's line was a hunt. What he batted 165, which is not very good. Uh, he had 10 homers. And he had uh, 36 RBI, so not good considering he made 350 plate appearances. Oh, Lord have mercy. So but that's mm, nah, nah, those aren't, those, that's not that good. No. <laughs> that's really bad. So especially with Dada trying to compete, like if you had a hot Cody Bellinger, oh I, the, the lights out, lights like, out team in baseball. The potential on that team to like they could easily steamroll through this through the NL. Mm-hmm. If he was actually healthy. Right before we wrap up this segment, Dylan, I'll ask you. Let's give your predictions, and then I'll give my predictions. And Gabe, if you also want to hop in and give your predictions. <laughs> Even though I haven't said uh, a word Gabe, in Gabe the past 15 minutes. Gabe is... To the listeners, I'm not a baseball fan, so <laughs> this has kind of been a... Uh, it's a dud of a conversation. A dud of a conversation, exactly, for the past but 15. Dylan was insistent about the Yankees, but we'll, go, we'll wrap this up right now quickly. Let's talk... Let's give our predictions for all of the series left in the playoffs. So the NLDS... A- NLCS World Series, same thing for the AL. Um, I'll go first. I 100% think that we're going to be seeing the. I think the Rays are going to cream the Red Sox. I think what we saw yesterday is a total fluke. I don't think the Red Sox are going to. They won 14 to six yesterday. I don't think the Red Sox are going to continue that. I would say the Rays are going to win that series, and then also in the AL, I'm going to go with the Astros. And I wow. think we're going to have the most ironic series <laughs> ever of two cheating franchises. Oh, you're still holding on to that Astros thing. I mean, oh, if, I mean, I, I would too if I was a baseball fan. I mean, yes, it's it's, you know, what they did was not good mm-hmm. at all. And then in the NL, <laughs> I'm gonna go Dodgers, Brewers, and then Dodgers go to the World Series against the Ray against the Rays, and then Rays, Dodgers. I'd say Dodgers. And right, Dodgers win the World Series. All right. So for me, I agree with AO. Rays are gonna stampede through the. Boston, like you see, Randy Rosarino, he's going to carry the team on his back and outperform anyone on Boston's team. Then against Astros, like the Astros are just made for the playoffs. Like they do everything right. Mm-hmm. You, know, they, you can't really stop them. But I know it's where I disagree with you a little bit. I think the Giants can actually come on top. Home field advantage. They have they won yesterday four zero. Yeah, so they ha- they have momentum on their side. They're going to continue with it, and they have Kevin Gosman going tonight for them. Great, great, absolutely insane pitcher for the Giants. Has performed very well all year. And I get, I, I agree with, with the Brewers. They're three-headed monster top of that rotation. This is absurd. Yeah. But their lack of bullpen does to stop them there as the Giants are probably going to go to the World Series again against the Rays, in my opinion. And so you then, think Giants, so Giants or Rays? Um, i probably go with the Rays because they, that, the, their pitching is absolutely phenomenal. Like, they can hit the living day out of the ball. Randy Rosarena and Nelson Cruz, they're known for what they do in the postseason. So with those, those – that two head monster, it's, it's it's unfair. It's just plain old unfair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I'll just go with a couple guesses. So I'm gonna go with Astros just because of how good of a team they are, and we've seen how good of a team they are. Uh, Nick, who am I gonna go? Astro, uh, Brewers or Braves? Uh, I'm gonna go Braves just because. I mean, they they played solidly last season, so I'm just gonna go with them. Uh, and then we'll go Rays, and then I'm gonna agree with Dylan. I'm gonna go Giants. This Giants team looks pretty good, not going to lie. No, so. they are. Hey, the best record in baseball. But that will be all for the first segment here on On the Clock. Before after When we come back from the break, we will talk some football recap last week. Take a little preview of this week. Don't go anywhere. This is VIC Radio.
Hi there, I'm DJ Prime Factor from BIC Radio, host of Strange Sojourns in Sonic Space. Join me every Saturday as I take you on an eclectic journey through the weird, wonderful, and just plain obscure in the musical underground. From pop and rock to harsh noise and experimental music, we've got all that and everything in between and beyond. Sometimes I will choose a theme to guide our journey, or check out an interesting underground concert or two. Other times I will just drift along, picking up whatever underappreciated debris catches my eye. But no matter what, you'll never know exactly what you'll stumble upon next on Strange Sojourns in Sonic Space. Every Sunday from 11 p.m. to midnight, only on VIC Radio. When the red flashing lights on a school bus come on and the stop sign comes out, you must stop. In New York State, you cannot move again until the red flashing lights go off and the stop sign is retracted, or until the driver or a traffic officer signals it is okay to pass. You must stop even on the opposite side of a divided highway. If you decide it's okay to risk a child's life and pass a stop school bus, you could face fines or even have your license revoked. Is it really worth it? Always obey the school bus stopping law in your state. Across the pond, there's a lot of great singers and bands that we all know and love with a bunch of absolute bangers. You know who I'm talking about. Adele. We could have had it Queen. She's a killer. Queen. Even Sir Elton John. Gonna be long, long time. You'll get all that and more six to seven Friday nights with a little bit of Brit right here on VIC. You are on the clock with myself, Gabe Baltiero, alongside me, my hosts, Nick Lebrano and Dylan Hendersmith. Now we're going to start recapping some NFL. Week 5 is upon us. We had our first game last Thursday, LA Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. Nick, I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts on that game last night? I think it really did show like how dominant of a team the Rams are going to continue being, even though there was the Geno Smith scare. <laughs> I think the Rams are really going to be a dominant team this year, and it's really I think it's a little telling of the Seahawks. You know, this isn't going to be their year. I think you know now they're going to miss Russell Wilson for potentially over a month yeah. due to this finger injury. Uh, we saw that mid-game dislo- dislocated finger. Uh, that had to snap it back in. He tried to come. That had to snap it back in. He tried to get him play afterward, but it just wasn't working. So they had to play Geno Smith. Um, and Geno Smith, honestly, like for the Seahawks, did not look terrible. He went yeah. 10 for 17, 131 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Obviously, it's not an ideal line, but at the same time, it's like pretty close to what Russ was doing through, what was that, like almost three quarters. Yeah. So Geno Smith, he's the starter now for Seattle for the time being. I mean, Dylan, is Geno yeah. Smith? Do you have any hot <laughs> takes for us about Geno Smith? Is he going to win MVP no. or something? No, as a Jets fan, Geno Smith was not the best quarterback <laughs> for the New York Jets. But with the Jets in mind, this is a bittersweet with Russell Wilson because as a Jets fan, <laughs> we have their first round pick this year. So he's going to be out for what, four to eight weeks potentially? So that's a big stretch of game. So now we can have a better first, uh, first round pick with, the, with them. But going back to the game, just like the the Rangers like reasserted their dominance against the Seahawks. Like, yeah. we are here in the NFC West. We are here to win this division. Mm-hmm. Arizona, watch out for us. Yeah. A, what's it called? I, I saw something on Twitter. I don't know if you'll agree with it since you are a Jets fan. Uh, I saw something on Twitter saying that Joe Douglas fleeced the Seahawks in the Jamal <laughs> oh. Adams trade. Oh, <laughs> Jamal Adams has looked so bad, especially this year. <laughs> He's looked terrible. Out, I don't, 
he has probably what like one interception at, with the Seahawks, if that. He yeah. just had a lot of sacks last year. He doesn't have he doesn't Here, have I'll, a I'll single a, sack a this line. year, and literally he looks foolish trying to cover it. Anyone at all times like yeah. Deshaun Jackson made him look like he's a rookie. Like yeah. this first game coming out as a rookie coming out of LSU, like Deshaun Jackson with a Matt Stafford threw a deep ball and he kind of underthrew it and he just jumped back and Jamal's like yeah, almost fell that. on his face. So, so this season, Jamal Adams has no interceptions. Uh, he also has no sacks. Jamal Adams this season, I think we're looking at like maybe twenty. I think it's like twenty tackles at most. So he's not he's not producing. Right he's not no, producing. No, he's That's not, not, not No, he's not having a good year. And yeah. You, and you the Jets got two first and a third round pick for What? Yeah. Yeah. For him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my word. I mean, like, that's bonkers. But anyway, so he has no interceptions for Seattle. He only has two his entire career. That's crazy. Yeah, as a safety. Hey, as a that's safety. crazy. I mean, like that's still like not good. Yeah, like I, I always like I feel like when he when Jamal Adams on the Jets, I always like envision Jamal Adams like a ball hawk, but he's yeah. like that. He was he's a hi- well, he was like a hybrid linebacker. Like you come in the box, he's gonna hit the daylights out of you. Yeah, but like he just he uh, he just rushes the, he rushes the quarterback. He's a he's a sack machine. Nine and a half sacks for a safety is a lot. Yeah, but you have to also think they're playing. You know, when he was on the Jets, look who they were playing. Mm-hmm. No, no offense, playing, no offense, no offense. But I mean, yeah, but like you go to the you go to the West, and it's like okay, you're playing like back to back to back to back good teams. Like it's not mm-hmm. like you know you're playing, you know, the the teams on the East Coast. It's like you're playing like the Rams. Like and especially from Thursday, you see how powerful this Rams team is. I mean, they're no joke. And he's he's the his contract. I mean, seventy million dollars. Seventy million dollars. Four years, seventy million dollars. Granted, only thirty-eight million is guaranteed, but even that guarantee makes him the highest-paid safety in the NFL. That's yeah. crazy. So and he's barely producing anything for Seattle. He's owed a lot of money, and to be totally honest with you, I think we can name I can name safeties that are better than him. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, but hey, maybe Joe Douglas. Is an absolute hey. trade and, negotiation yeah. master. What I love about this, like he always would like this, like talk so much bad stuff about the Jets and how bad their defense was. But now look, he's playing with Seattle. They can't stop anyone. Like what? Seattle's defense is really not. Very they're, good. they're 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 not on, good. They're on pace to be what the worst in the NFL history. Yeah, yeah, like, something like that. They're not. They're like, not a good allowed, defense. Yeah, they're worse than what the Cowboys were last year. And the Cowboys last year Cow- was hard oh to gosh. watch. The Cowboys I'm last year. Fan. Yeah, so no, the Cow. Who? Go so, that. Gee every, whiz, I honestly man. think the Falcons' defense is worse than the Seahawks, but I mean they're they're down there for sure. But the Falcons like defense it's is Seattle's defense. You saw it in Thursday's game; like they were playing very terrible. Yeah, I mean it was it was like obviously like the Rams have one of the best offenses in the league, so I would be too if I was playing that offense. Oh yeah, I'd be but yeah, I'd be scared. It's Seattle; like you got to put up a little bit of a fight. Mm-hmm. Like come on now. But regardless, I. I think so. Since we have last been on here, the Rams have lost. If we, did, I know. we have not talked. We have about not talked that. about that. Last weekend, me and Gabe went on a tangent about how the Rams are easily the best team in football. Um, <laughs> I still think they are the best team in football, um, but they did lose to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray carved them up. Uh, I, you know, two hundred sixty-eight passing yards. He had two touchdowns. Kyler Murray can run around. Six carries, thirty-nine yards. Uh, on the ground, and Chase Edmonds had a huge game too. Twelve carries, 120 yards against the Rams. James Conner on the run game had two touchdowns. Just overall, everywhere on this offense is clicking. Uh, for the Cardinals that game, I 
I don't know if the Rams just weren't up for it, but I still think the Rams are the best team in football, and I think when it comes down to it, the Rams will – they are a better team than the Cardinals. Yeah. I, I think, you know, this was a really good game, and this is a game we talked a lot about last week. And it was I probably think the game of the weekend. It, it probably was the game of the weekend, and I think in the long run, we, we got a lot of time to go left in this season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's only week five, and I still think that this Rams team is going to go a long way, but it also goes to show how strong this Cardinals team is. Like, we, we – like – we talked about it last week. This Cardinals team is no joke. They are no joke. They are They've not beaten to be messed with. some of the best teams in the NFL already. And the Rams, like as we said last week, this was going to be their first test to see if this team is legit. Nick, they're legit. They, they are. Dylan, legit. what do you think? You think they're legit? The Cardinals are absolutely absurd. Like <laughs> what? Like what they can do on the team, like on the field. Like they are probably the most creative offense and defense in like, the yeah. NFL. Who would have thought Cliff Kingsbury is going to be this well? This is going to do this well of a job. Yeah, in the NFL. I never would have thought it was, that it, when they hired Cliff Kingsbury. It was, I remember it was a bold hire because Cliff Kingsbury was not a head coach when they hired him. No, he, he was, was at was, Texas Tech. When, yeah, and he couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback in Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah. and he was the OC there. It's just, but like he comes to the comes to the Cardinals, and all of a sudden everything's clicking. Uh, I think that hey, look, I think he just had. I think he knows how to coach Kyler Murray. Yeah, when it yep. comes down to it in the offense, Kyler Murray is a quarterback that just fits the way his offensive scheme works so well. Hundred percent. And Kyler's thriving in it, and that's uh, Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. But I think that we are really seeing Kyler Murray get amplified by the way Cliff Kingsbury's offense is, and Kyler Murray's just the, the prototypical quarterback for that offense. And in terms of the defense, it's it's incredibly creative. You know, Chandler Jones looks so good. Like now, like you have a hard time doubling Chandler Jones because now, if you do, JJ Watts, yeah, JJ Watts, yeah, JJ Watts open like, exactly. JJ Watts, no, like scrub either. Mm-hmm. Like he can get after you, even though he's he's not always healthy. But like now, you have Buda Baker can come off the edge and hit you hard, even though he's like like not the biggest guy ever. Isaiah Simmons as a prototype linebacker safety. I remember that I wanted I when my dad's a huge Giant fan. We were talking about the draft two years ago. I wanted the Giants to take Isaiah Simmons uh, at fourth overall instead of Andrew Thomas. Um, Andrew Thomas has looked okay this he, he's year. He's looked good this year, but yeah. Isaiah Simmons like Isaiah Simmons is something else though. He's something defense. else. Oh my Lanta, mm-hmm. like. Look like it's like <laughs> that. That guy is. He's unreal. Athletic. He's crazy. He's freak. crazy. He's a freak. I mean, th- this. There's. I think there. I mean, this may be kind of like a bold statement, but this Cardinals team right now doesn't seem to have many flaws. And, no, and maybe special teams. Maybe special teams. <laughs> but they have Matt Prater as their kicker. I can't even say that. Matt Prater <laughs> even, is their old line. The definition got a of lot power. Better. Yeah, their own line yeah, did get a lot better. Last Ronnie Houston last like year. Mm-hmm. Last year, I remember Kyler running for his life in a lot yeah. of games. But now he's running. But right but... now he's running, but like not out of necessity. Yeah, <laughs> like... he's running because that's the play. Yeah. And like... there's this one move that Kyler has that like continues to impress me every week, and it's this dry, like this quick drop back where he's like scrambles like quick drop back, and then he just chucks the ball up, and it's always completed. That yeah. baseball. Yeah, that's the baseball. Yeah. Exactly. Like... No, literally, it looks it's a baseball move. Yeah, and literally. Like when he moves, like when he runs out of the pocket, he doesn't get hit hard. Oh yeah, no. No one touches him. When Nobody, he's out. no. He, I think, like to Dylan's point, like this O line is legit. Like they are, they're not messing around. Yeah, and it's like, like, w- like with Kyler Murray, like what you see with RG three, what happened with him. You see with Lamar Jackson, what happens with him. Like they get hit hard because they don't know how to slide. 
Kyler Murray with that baseball background, as we saw, like he got drafted high and. In the, he's yeah. the only Ameri- he's the only North American athlete to be drafted top ten in two drafts. Yeah. That's crazy. So, like, you see how athletic this kid is, and he just like again like he's like, it's you're not scared when he gets like as a, as a Cardinals fan you don't get scared when he gets out of the pocket like yeah know, that's like a, as a Ravens fan would do with Lamar Jackson because they don't know how to slide as he would with a Buffalo Bills fan it was Josh Allen because he doesn't know how to slide yeah. as he would with like as back in the day when mm-hmm. with the Washington football team. As or known as Redskins RG3. back in the day with RG three, yeah. like he didn't know how to slide either. Mm-hmm. But now, like, if we if you're a fan of the Arizona Cardinals, like when he gets out of that pocket, you know he's not gonna get hit hard because even like undesigned run plays, he just slides within like a reasonable distance and just slides it very well mm-hmm. and protects himself. He's a safe quarterback. He's yeah. a safe and, quarterback. I, I, just, I was just going their offense too, like taking wide receivers. I know last week when you came on, not last week, a couple weeks ago when you came on, Dylan, you were talking about how Rondale Moore. You think yeah. he could win Offensive Player of the Year? I don't think he's on pace to do that anymore. Sorry, but <laughs> but, but, like, but just but Ronzel Moore is really good, and he's got yeah. Christian Kirk, who's really good, and Andy Isabella has looked good this year, and he has DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green. Like, like what a receiving like, core! I know. Only got seven like seven targets. That's against crazy. The Rams, which was he I need led. to interrupt because. I need to apologize to Jeremy. Jeremy has sent me the pro football focus stats for Andrew Thomas. <laughs> Andrew Thomas ranks first in pass blocking grade. Uh, he has 167 pass blocking snaps, and he's allowed zero sacks this year. So uh, okay, there you go. There you Jeremy. go. Back to the card, boys. Right. But anyway, yeah. So, go, yeah, go ahead, Don. You go. Like, like, this receiving core, like, Max Williams, who would have thought he would have been this big exactly. for, for the Cardinals? Like, a big tight end, can always go get the ball from, I'm pretty sure he played for the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He was an absolute monster. He can get, he's going to get dirty and on the line, so he's going to be able to run block for Chase Edmonds and James Conner. That's what I was, I was also about to say, that it, in terms of, like, okay, so two years ago, when I first saw Chase Edmonds and Kyler, rookie, and Kyler Murray's rookie season, I didn't think Chase Edmonds was going to be anything, really. I thought he was just like, yeah, he'll be, in, he'll be a fine, right. like, backup running back. Chase Edmonds has surprised me a lot this year. Chase Edmonds is a really effective running back, and now that they're combining James Conner into the run game, like, James Conner, you know, not doing a whole lot in terms of maybe yards per carry, but he's really good in the red zone. Yeah. And that's what he was the best at when he was healthy and when he was on the Steelers. Uh, but now they have him here, and he's just doing what he's good at. Like, if you look what the— Cardinals did to the Rams defense. Like we all know the Rams defense can play. It's yeah. the best like, defense in football. And you saw with how they did they ran the ball. They were for two hundred sixteen yards against this Rams defense. Yeah. That's crazy. Like that's Chase crazy. one hundred twenty. James Conner fifty. Kyler Murray thirty nine. Rondell Moore uh, nine yards. And then I don't know who this is, but oh, Colt McCoy. He came in <laughs> at the end of the game. Yeah, they had no negative reason two, to keep Kyler in. They were like, blowing them out. He had negative two yards because he had a kneel. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, th- th- then that just goes to show how good this Cardinals team is. Like, when you can beat one of the best defenses in the league while running, like, that's got to say something. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you can beat them on the ground, that's just, it's a whole nother situation. It's a whole nother story because, like, we- we've seen Kyler Murray run kids fast. And, like, when you can run like that against a, a Rams defense that is – Basically, it, it is a stout defense, and if you look at like any anyone running is running at Aaron Donald. Yeah, literally, that's intimidating. Like you're running through, you're running, you're basically running to go through a brick wall, and you're gonna get hit. And they did it; they executed very, very well. Like, so huge props to them. If you look at like the total, if you like, if the they ran the ball like with amount of yards, they threw the ball for 249 yards against the Rams, and they ran for the ball for 216. 
That's, that's 30, crazy. Yeah, thirty-three yard difference. That's like, crazy. How, how, how are you gonna attack the seam? Like if you're yeah. basically you can't. You, do, you can't. You literally can't. You try to protect the pass. All right, I mean try protect the pass. Like all right, Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, Rondell Moore, gonna run all around you. Try yeah. to protect the run. Kyler Murray with D Hop, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, AJ Green. I mean, I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. what are you like? What are you doing? I mean, it just this team is stacked. This team has so many weapons. This team is just. They're unbelievable, the and, N- and and it's the, crazy. The NFC West is just going to be – it's gonna probably going to be the most fun division to watch. It's going to be a very good division you know, you to got watch. the Rams, the Seahawks. Once once Russ gets healthy, uh, you'll have the Seahawks, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. I don't know what to expect out of the 49ers. we got to see what Trey Lance has yeah. Trey Lance looked good, though. Yo, Trey what Lance did. That was that – oh, my God, that one pat, that one touchdown he threw looked really good. He, I think – I think – I think he's Shan- got an arm. I think Shanahan needs to give him a shot. Just, just give him a shot. We'll be getting that shot. He's starting yeah. tomorrow. He's starting Cardinals. tomorrow. Yeah, because Jimmy G's out yeah. this week, so you're forced to put Trey Lance in. And look, if Trey Lance, if Trey Lance goes in, he balls out. There you Jimmy go. Garoppolo's job is gone. And yeah. Now you add that you add another like level to the 49ers offense where Trey Lance can run the ball. He ran exactly. for hit seven carries for 41 yards. It's exactly why I picked Brandon Ayuk back up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because, because you know. Jimmy I, G can't run the ball. I traded Ayuk for Jerry Judy. Then the person I traded him to dropped Ayuk. I've claimed Ayuk <laughs> back, so I just got Jerry Judy for free. Um, but like, I'm sorry, Debo's the like he's yeah, no, no, Debo's, Debo's is, is something else. Yeah. I'm sorry, like y'all underestimate how much he is. Yeah, because well, I'm, Debo I'm a, hasn't consistently stayed healthy before this year. Okay, but like, if, but he's if, really good when he's on the field. I 100 percent agree with when you. When he's healthy, oh, mm, like amazing. I'm sorry, and I well, Ayuk's also like in the doghouse. For some reason, on the 49ers, and I don't get like I looked really good last year, but thank God I'm not a 49er fan. So, <laughs> well, let's look into Week Five. So, pretty interesting. Dylan, the Jets in the UK playing the Falcons. What like that's pretty interesting. I I, I never understood the the idea of the NFL going to Europe. They play what? So they play two games in the UK and they'll play a game in Mexico City. Yeah. They just yeah. like an international series and this morning actually I was reading I was reading a report from Ian Rappaport this morning that the Jet not the Jets, the NFL is looking to expand and have another game outside of the country, particularly in Europe, and it's looking like Germany. Oh, interesting. I didn't. I, I guess there's a mark. I, I didn't really think about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I guess there's, a, would... there's a, a large enough NFL market in Germany. So it's really like, interesting. They just want to expand their audience as much as they possibly can. Yeah, that means more money for the NFL, more money for players, which is it's going to benefit both sides. And like as a player, like you get to go to London to play football. And yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then you're off. Yeah. That, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, not like, mm-hmm. but the only thing about it for us, like, games at nine thirty in the morning Eastern time. Like, yeah, like, like, I get up. Well, imagine know. if you were if you lived on the West Coast. That'd, that'd be that'd be more six a.m. On the on the West Coast, who's you really waking up at six in the morning to watch Jets Falcons? No, 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 I mean, no way. I, I, if, if I was NFL, I won't. Can even, you imagine? I'm gonna be totally honest. I won't even be waking up at nine thirty in the morning no. watching Jets Falcons tomorrow. And like, if you're like, if besides a fan of the Falcons Jets, who's waking up in the United States to watch that game? Yeah, like, like, yeah. If you're up that morning, okay, you're up that morning. You're gonna try the game. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a good game to watch. But as a Jets fan, we've been pretty lucky past two weeks with yeah. how the <laughs> have been with uh, Tennessee and now Atlanta. Yeah. With top two targets for both Tennessee and Atlanta now both out. And the Jets are known for their run defense. So, like, they're running the ball. This is not a worry for me, at least. And now, like, now you're getting, building more confidence for the Jets secondary, led by Michael Carter II and Bryce Hall. And then it's like you're now – I, 
I'm starting to get excited about this Jets team. I'm sorry. <laughs> Zach Wilson looked pretty well. He had two amazing throws to Corey Davis. I'd I'd like to see week. I'd like to see them get Elijah Moore involved a little more. Yeah. But like I, James Crowder looked absolutely amazing. You saw how like how much of the load of pressure took off Corey Davis. Oh so, like, yeah, now Corey Davis. Like, if you think about it beforehand, they were probably doubling Corey Davis on most snaps because what other receiver? They're just gonna force Zach Wilson to throw the ball to someone else. Yeah. They'll stack the box and double, and double Davis. But now that Crowder's back, they can't do that anymore. No. So I think that you're really gonna see now that Crowder's back in the offense, Corey Davis is gonna explode in terms of production, especially if Zach Wilson continues. Look how we played last week. And yeah. another thing with this coaching staff, like you, like their second half adjustments are amazing. Like, I will say, first, I think Robert Sala is making some of the best second-half adjustments in the NFL. Like, and even Matt LaFleur, like, he barely knows what he's doing the first half, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Second half comes in. Yeah, it's the like, Packers just look... It's literally like he just look, put it, brought in a new coach in second half, and mm-hmm. he like he's picking him apart left and right. He looks like his brother. And so yeah. It's absolutely yeah. absurd like what he's doing in the second half. Because like, they're getting great reads on what the opposing team's trying to do. We're just hoping Zach Wilson make his like. Uh, it, I guess it could be. It could, like, it, it, I think that it comes into the fact that like Zach Wilson really doesn't know how to read an NFL defense yet, and lo- being able to look over tape at halftime is so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. you're able to like actually see the mistakes you're making, can actively look to correct those because their defense is going to look particularly that different. And the first three weeks, he's played like absolutely absurd defenses. Mm-hmm. So, well, now it gets easier for the Jets because they are yeah. playing the worst defense in the league now. So like now <laughs> he's now I think he's he might put on a little show. Hopefully, as a Jets fan, to show like people in UK, like okay, this is what football can look like. Mm-hmm. Even, <laughs> though, even though we're playing some bad, like they're setting some bad product over there. Like Zach Wilson, if he performs very well against this Atlanta team, like it's gonna get me very excited for the future. Because even like granted, it's only this is only the fifth game yeah. for, under, oh, for yeah. Zach Wilson. It's only rookie year. I'm not expecting much. If we get five wins, I'll be very happy as there a Jets go. fan. There you go. But, More than last year. Yeah, that's yeah. Hey, yeah, that is. We're, we're on the pace. <laughs> we won one game, and it took us like to what, like week thirteen last yeah, year. Yeah, week thirteen. I think they they eventually won. We couldn't win at losing last year. So yeah. that's a different topic. We'll talk two more games. Gonna be out on the slate tomorrow. Then we'll take a we'll take a quick break after that, and then we'll come into some hot takes, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about some NBA stuff afterward. But we'll talk about we'll talk about two more games, and I think a game I want to talk about real quick. You know, I got to go on my weekly. Pittsburgh Steeler rant. Oh boy, here we go. Denver Broncos at Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think the Broncos are 100% moving to four and one. Oh, uh, 100%. The Steelers go to one and four. Uh, ben Roethlisberger looks like a tree in the pocket. Is he even on the field, move. or is it just a cone? Please let me know because <laughs> I, I I don't see him doing anything. Ben Roethlisberger has the like literally the effectiveness of a traffic cone. You're 100% <laughs> right. He can't do anything, in my opinion. I they literally can't even throw the ball that well. Najee Harris continues to really not impress me, uh, which is sad because well, I had I, I liked Najee well, Harris in college. He, he's just very limited with Big Ben because yeah, yeah the, the offense is the offense is like stripped. Like yeah. literally, if you get pressure up the middle on Big Ben, I'm sorry, he's just gonna get hit. <laughs> You're dunk. done. He's not moving anywhere. He'll you'll see it coming. He'll just be like, all right, that's he'll it. See you it know, coming, he'll just try to dump the ball off and out. Yeah. It's an interception, especially with how young that offensive line is. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pittsburgh, like their center and left guard are both rookies. So yeah, that's and, an, yeah. And, but hopefully they can still build some camaraderie and chemistry together yeah. and make Ben's life easier. The one thing I have noticed is they do like to use Najee Harris uh, in terms of like in the receiving game a little bit. Like, yeah. Hey, he did. Ha- he had six receptions against the Packers, and the week before that, one he had like fifteen. He had like yeah. twenty targets. Yeah, it was like ridiculous. It was like it was like fifteen receptions, like two yards, like two yards a pop, but. Well, if you get Najee Harris in the open field, oh no one's tackling oh him. He's huge. Yeah, but, but yeah, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna agree with you, Nick. Broncos 
The Broncos they're, they're, have the Broncos have looked really good. They this look year. really good. Teddy Bridgewater. Granted, they have played the like at most like just no. They played no talent really so far. Yeah. They played the Giants and the Jets. So, hey, but they look like a Jets. good team. They look like a great team. And, and, and going into this game, I would put money on. on I, the Broncos I, I do running. think the Broncos like especially. Well, is Teddy Bridgewater going to play? He's. Well, pre- I'm pretty sure he is. Projected. Yeah. Okay. Because I know, like, there was, questionable. there was, like, the whole concussion thing. They yeah. were talking about maybe Drew Locke's going to play. But if Teddy Bridgewater's going to play, I'm definitely taking yeah. – I will definitely take the Broncos. But one thing to watch out for this is Cortland Sun did get hurt. In oh, yeah. Dallas, I mean, by Tim Patrick. Guess, yeah, Tim Patrick and K.J. Hamler are going to lead. Yeah. K.J. Hamler's hurt, too. Oh, so it's just Tim Patrick. So it's just Tim Patrick. So uh, it'll be interesting. Little, we'll it's see. It's be interesting. They're, like, pretty even match then. Yeah, because there's no no offense and no life in one offense, and then you have Big Ben in the next. So that's the definition of just no life in an offense. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just I think he's the most boring player ever. He should retire. I don't know why he didn't retire for the last season. The I mean, Steelers. Just... There's nothing exciting about the Steelers as a team like at all. There's there's literally nothing. I cannot pick out one thing. It's just you just pray and hope that he doesn't like get hit too hard and that he, you know something goes terribly wrong. I mean, it's, there's just nothing there. Anyway, really nothing that's there. my weekly guarantee that the Steelers will lose to the Broncos. The Steelers are <laughs> going to lose. Broncos are going to go to they'll – be, they'll be 4 and 1 by the end of tomorrow. There you go. Heard it here first from Nick Lebrano. Oh, yep. <laughs> that was me. And we'll talk one more game. Uh, Gabe, what are your thoughts? Browns-Chargers. That could be the matchup of the day. It's probably either that or potentially Bills-Chiefs. Those yeah. are probably the matchups of the day tomorrow. We'll talk Browns-Chargers. Yeah. What are your um, thoughts? You know, I think two very good teams, two, I think, equal teams. Um, you know, on the Browns side, Mayfield's been looking good. You know, I got Nick Chubb on fantasy. He's been putting up some points for me. Um, but, you know, it's gonna be, I think it's a very even game. If I were going to pick a winner. I'm going to go Chargers. I would go Browns. I'm going to go Browns. Dylan, what's your pick? <laughs> well, just look. It's the key for this game is who's going to put more pressure on the poison quarterback. Yeah. Like, is Joey Bosa going to make a difference, or is, is Miles Garrett going to make Garrett, a difference? Yeah. I, just, I just trust Justin Herbert more, I think. I think it's really? what it's going to come down to. With that offensive line for Cleveland, they're top two in the NFL, without a doubt. And the two had a monster with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, because like, both of them have looked fantastic. Yeah. Kareem be- Hunt especially has impressed me. Yeah. This year. I believe both of them could start on probably 25 teams in the NFL, without a doubt in my head. Mm-hmm. And so it's whoever is going to win this game is whoever's going to get more pressure on the opposing quarterback. Um, it, but with the Browns, I'm I'm leaning probably more towards that way because I don't think they're going to need more out of Baker Mayfield and that and the Browns secondary is going to hope is probably going to lock up Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, Miles Garrett's absolute freak of nature. You saw what he looks like without his sleeves on last week, <laughs> and the next day he gets drug tested. So like that just yeah. shows how honestly not surprised. No, so <laughs> he literally has to get double, triple teamed, and this Charger offensive line isn't as spectacular as the Browns is. So like I believe Justin Herbert might be running for his life. Yeah. yeah, that that is the case. But if he can get a pass up, okay, I think he will be able to definitely get passes up. And I don't think the Browns secondary is anything like. They're not, they're not nothing it's special, nothing but special. like John Johnson III has made a big improvement for what they have been, mm-hmm. and just like then I, the the rookie from Notre Dame, the linebacker, I can't pronounce his last oh, name, so I'm not. I, even I, I, I'm not even gonna bother saying I'm his not last gonna name. Bother try, but like he's looked absolutely amazing for the team. He's he's probably the lead candidate for NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. without a doubt in my but, head. 
So. Hey, we'll see. I like. I I think this is a big test for. It really is a big test for the Chargers. This is probably the strongest defense they've had to play so far. You know, looking, they've played the Raiders. The Raiders don't have like an insanely strong defense. The Chiefs' defense has looked pretty terrible this year. Uh, so can't really say much about that. The Cowboys' secondary is still a disaster, even with Trevon Diggs going off. The best secondary they probably played. The best like defense they probably played is Washington, and I don't think Washington's the defense Washington has looked not, that yeah, good. They have not. not. So this is pro- this is the real test, I guess, in terms of how efficient is the Chargers' offense going to be. This is these this is the best team they've probably played. It's gonna be a good test for both teams. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really good game. I, I'm thinking close. I'm thinking I'm gonna take Chargers like 24-21. I think it's like a field goal separating the two scores. Um, I think it's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be a good game though. Yes, I think so too. Thanks to be. I think I agree with that. I really agree with that. Mm-hmm. But that's gonna take us down to the break here. You are listening to On the Clock here on VIC Radio. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Love, there's no better way to start your weekend than with just a wee bit of Brit. Only 6 to 7 Friday nights. I'm VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Tune into VIC Slumber Party Sundays from 6 to 8 right here on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, We prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. On We Got It Covered, you'll hear your favorite songs from every genre. The twist? You won't hear any originals. Tune in to We Got It Covered on Wednesdays from 8 to 10 p.m. on VIC Radio, and we guarantee you'll find a song you love. You are back on the clock with myself, Gabe Altier, alongside me, Nick Lebrano, and Dylan Henderson-Smith. So in our last block here, we're going to be talking about some pretty interesting news going on in the NBA. Kyrie Irving is not willing to get vaccinated. Dylan, I'm going to start with you. What are your initial thoughts on this? It's just toxic for the Brooklyn Nets because yeah. he can't play any home games. He can't play New York. If he wants to go play against Toronto, he has to quarantine for a week. When they go out and play the Warriors, he can't play he can't there play. He can't play the Warriors. So his vaccination status is a big question mark for this Brooklyn Nets team, and it's going to limit them for what they're going to be able to do in the season and in the playoffs because if they do make the playoffs, he can't play half the series because – you would think that Brooklyn's gonna have a home is gonna have home field advantage in the playoffs without just spectacular James Harden and Kevin Durant is just them, them two alone. Yep. And if I was Kevin Durant, like I would get a little annoyed with how he's acting with the team. Like, I, okay, like I if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's personal on you. That's that's odd. your decision. Like, whatever. I, I'm not. Good. I I have nothing to say against it. Like that's for your decision. That's you got. You know your body more than like anyone else does. So that's your up to your choice. I have I have no ill will against that, but. When it comes to your jobs, how it's affecting your job, you're getting paid millions upon millions of dollars to play basketball. Now, 
you're missing half, literally half your season. He More than half your season. He's gonna miss all the all all Brooklyn at home games. He can't play the Knicks. <laughs> they didn't he can't play the Warriors. And on top of the fact that it'd be it'd be totally up in the air if he could even potentially play the Toronto. Right. And those are in division. Let's remember these are in division opponents. Yes. So like you're, you're playing. In the Knicks, what, four times playing the Raptors four times? You're playing times. the Raptors four times, two and, times in Toronto. You're, you can't you're, play the Knicks, period. And you can't play in Oracle at all. Yeah. So, and, so like, and like, imagine this. Like, what would happen if, like, there was, for somehow, there was, like, a Nets-Raptors playoff series? Or, like, a Nets-Knicks playoff series? He missed that entire he series. He missed the entire thing. And just, like, I, I firmly believe if this was not Kyrie Irving, if, the, if Kyrie did not have the name for himself, he would this not player would be have been cut. That he would not be in the NBA He would be. Right he would be gone. He yeah, would be gone. This player like, would be cut. You saw what Andrew Wiggins. Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins got almost, vaccinated. He almost got traded after trying to uh, appeal the vaccination status for for religion reasons. Yeah, but uh, he, the, which ended up getting denied. So mm-hmm. then he ended up did getting vaccinated. I don't know which one he got, but he did end up getting uh, a dose of the vaccine. So now he is able to play in San Francisco when the season does start. But back to Kyrie, it's just. Who, what, like, if you're Kevin Durant, James Harden, what do you do? Because if you try to trade him, no one's gonna want he, him. No one's gonna want. No one's gonna. Want. Kyrie Irving has gone pretty much gone on the record to say that if he is traded, he's going to retire. So, like, so yeah, Kyrie it, Irving it, has it, all the leverage over the Nets uh, in this entire situation because there's still money on that contract that he's owed. Um, they can't. He's not just gonna retire. No. If he's no. on the Nets, and if they do, then no one's going to trade for him because he'll just retire. So what's the point of even giving up even an asset? Yeah. Like, no one's even going to trade even a second-round pick for him. In my in my opinion, I think he's being a little bit of a baby. I mean, I understand, like, you know, when it comes to the vaccine, like, everybody has the right to be like, hey, I don't just want the, it. Just get, just but get the vaccine. I, think, I feel like it's a different story when you're a professional basketball player, professional athlete, and it's a little – it's. Uh, is it mandated in the NBA to get vaccinated? It, it is. Know, in it, certain cities, you cannot, like in New York, New, the state of New York, you cannot play indoor arenas without being vaccinated. You're right. not allowed indoors. So when there's something like that, and obviously you're, you're in Brooklyn, you're playing in New York City. So you need to get vaccinated. It's your job. Like imagine if someone like, you know, works at like a nine to five job was like, hey, I don't want to, like the job was like, you need to get vaccinated. And you're like, hey, I don't hey, want to get vaccinated. Fire you. Like, they would get, you would get fired. But to Dylan's point, it's Kyrie Irving. What are they going to do? Fire Kyrie Irving? It, like legitimately, like it just comes down to the fact that he has a name for himself and that's a status thing. Yeah. And it, literally, if this is any other player, they would be playing basketball currently. But Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. It, it's just like... Also, on the fact that Kyrie, it's Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. So you'd think Kyrie Irving would want to take the leadership role and, and get yeah. it. Like if Kevin Durant got it and James Harden are getting it, why isn't Ky- why isn't Kyrie Irving? Exactly. And he can't use the excuse of oh, I watched YouTube videos. Like apparently, like people were saying, like show me some on. scientific fact that you don't want to get vaccinated instead of saying YouTube videos. Comes, you say YouTube videos, and I'm like, that's silly. This comes back to my, I think we talked about it the first week we had the show this semester, and we talked about Lamar Jackson. Lamar yep. Jackson didn't want to get vaccinated. And we said it on air, and I was like, if you're the quarterback of any NFL team, you're the leader of that team. If you aren't playing, you're the, you're the face of that team. And if you're not getting vaccinated, you're not doing your job as a leader to yep. make sure you do everything in your power to win. Yep. So Kyrie Irving obviously doesn't care about winning basketball. Kyrie Irving cares about he wants to collect his paycheck, and that's it. And to be honest, it's not even collecting a paycheck because Kyrie Irving can't make money because he the NBA will not yeah, they play won't him pay. for they any won't. game that he misses. Yeah. And, so if, and if I was KD and his and his teammates, I'd be like trying to get him vaccinated because like you're losing an asset to your team plus all this drama plus all these issues. It's like 
if I was Katie, I'd be like, I would try to, you know, not, you know. But also at the same time, like, Katie's almost, always, like, still, like, very limited what he can do. Right. Because, Ky- like, Kyrie's a nut job at the time. But, like, yeah, he's like, a flat <laughs> earther. Like, we, like every, everyone knows, like, Kyrie does some questionable things, like, on a day-to-day basis. Add this to the list, huh? My favorite Kyrie, well, we can go around doing our favorite Kyrie Irving moments we want. But my favorite Kyrie Irving moment was two seasons ago, the Celtics went to go play the Bucks. In Milwaukee, and the Bucks put out like a retro court yeah. thing for like they were doing like, a retro night with their jerseys or whatever. They were honoring, I think it was the championship team, uh, and all that. Uh, but Kyrie Irving like went on record and was saying that he doesn't feel safe playing on a court from the '60s, oh like the gosh. '70s. So he thought this was the court from the '70s that they were just putting on. And I was like, no, oh my God, I just I remember I remember seeing that in my bedroom at home, and I was just like, there's no way I just heard that. I th- I still think the flat Earth the the him and the flat Earth thing just w- gets me every time. I think it's so funny. <laughs> He's such a believer about it too, and it's like, whatever, whatever. Or when he was wa- I forget where he was doing this, but I, I maybe it was in Boston when he was still with the Celtics. He was walking around the court with the incense. Or an oh incense. yeah, I remember like that. Dancing around the court, oh, like trying to get all voodoo out of oh, the court because like, I think they're on a losing streak for some reason. Oh, and just my. dancing around the court with like the the two things of incense in his hands. Like trying to get like all the bad vibes out out of the stadium. He's he's something. Man. He's something um, else. But <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and it's it's sad to see you know him being like this and him getting all this heat for not getting vaccinated. But I think it's going to be a common thing we see in a lot of sports. Is like there's going to be players that yeah, don't want to get vaccinated. We saw it in the NFL. You know, yeah, like DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, Cole you Beasley, some coaches that quit. Coaches that quit. I mean. You know, granted, the majority of NFL teams are vaccinated. I think, yeah, the majority of NFL teams are near 100%. There are there are, the, there are a few teams that don't, but it's hard to get everybody. I understand it's yeah. hard to get everyone vaccinated. There are people that are just so strong, stuck with how they want to believe things or whatever, but Kyrie Irving is becoming a detriment to the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And if the Brooklyn Nets want to win a championship this year, they got to start doing some evaluating real quick. Yeah. It's looking like the big three is not Kyrie Irving, Kevin Rant, James Harden. It's looking like the big three is now Cam Thomas. Kevin yeah. Durant and James Harden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, you saw you saw that video. I, I did see that. <laughs> They're getting some work in. Yeah. But sticking with, we got a few minutes left. We'll do this real quick. Sticking with controversy in sport, the last block here with this little controversy in sport. Let's talk about Urban Meyer. Oh, boy. That's Dylan how we're going to close it? Here, oh, Dylan boy. was on here two weeks ago and said that he thought Urban Meyer would be gone midseason. What did we say? To coach USC. Is, I don't think he, what I, you, I still don't 100% think that he's going to leave midseason. I think he's going to probably retain, unless something really bad happens. I think he's going to probably retain his job. Urban Meyer is proving to be an absolute dumpster fire in Jacksonville. He needs to leave Jacksonville <laughs> as soon as possible. Okay, I saw a video on Instagram the, uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, you guys probably saw it on ESPN, all those things. And it was, hit, you know, like you do in football, you do like the huddle. And they go, instead of saying like break, they said grinding, <laughs> and I was like, "They his his team his team doesn't respect him." No, and coaching staff doesn't respect when him. When he apologized for the incident that happened with that college student in the Ohio bar, apparently his team was like laughing at him afterward. Uh, like just... apparently there's like the team doesn't respect him. Uh, like he has no credibility, and I think the most ironic thing is that he was on. Uh, he was an analyst. Two, I think it was like a season ago or something, and he talked about what makes locker rooms dysfunctional, and he gave like three bullet points. I don't remember what they are off the top of my head. If either of you can find it, um, you have it, Dylan. No, I, I just, I just want to with the whole Urban Meyer thing. Like this is what's going on in my mind. Crazy for the thing. I was sending Nick tweets 
So one thing I want to point out from Michael McMahon from McMahon Sports Law on Twitter, he, there is this clause under Urban Meyer's contract. Is it Morris clause and a four clause, which is the whole part of like uh, when Urban Meyer signed. So like this, they have the Jackson Jaguars have a legal reason to get out of the contract to get to get rid of um, Urban Meyer uh, Urban if they Meyer. want. And then with going back to the credibility thing, th- thing uh, Michael Silver at Mike Silver on Twitter had a whole thread about the whole situation how the the like players after he apologized in the locker room players were laughing they did not take yeah, him seriously they didn't at take, all they, and, they didn't take him seriously and then one big religious guy tim tebow came out on first take the other day and was just saying like how he feels more bad for urban's wife than nah. for urban meyer and the connection between tim tebow and urban meyer is absolutely absurd. Yeah, dude, like, that they, goes back to florida when like, tim tebow won a heisman like tim tebow is good friends with his daughters like That's they have, crazy, they, man. they have like he has a special relationship with the family, and what he came out on first take and said like he, what he did was astronomically wrong and needs to get fixed now. So like if the Jackson Dragons continue losing, I would not be shocked if he gets fired. Yeah. He's, at this dude, point. he's a at, sleaze. We saw this at Ohio State. Why did he have to leave Ohio State? We saw what happened. But so, like, it's just a, it's just a cancer fire, and there's no reason for Jackson to, to hold on to him if he does continue losing. Exactly, exactly. Jacksonville going nowhere quick. And that's going to take us down to the end of the 10 o'clock hour. You just heard on the clock here alongside me, Dylan Hendersmith and Gabe Baltiera. I'm Nick Lebrano. Tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. for On the Clock here on VIC. Enjoy football tomorrow, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend.